episode 181 of Divided by Werewolves. Happy Labor Day uh, for folks here in the United States. Hopefully you did something uh, non-productive with your time. <laughs> so Labor Day. So we pushed till today because uh, I was in my... Well, yeah, I was doing... I had to do yard work at mom's yesterday, and I thought, you know, I just didn't feel good because of that. Uh, no, I'm sick. Oh, so, no. Uh, yeah, today's even worse than yesterday. <laughs> oh, no. Do you have COVID? I'm worried that I do. Um, oh, no. But I don't know for sure. I didn't test. But I'm sitting here in a in a hoodie under a blanket. <laughs> yes, dude. You should... Yeah, that's that's yeah. I've had a fever all day. Like I feel like shit. Oh man, we should have we could have skipped. Oh no, it's all good. Oh wow, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So that's my so my wife and I are going to um, Iceland next week. Uh, Actually, a week from today, I will. uh, Will I be there by now? They're four hours ahead. Yes. Uh, No, I think we land in half an hour. so my wife's always wanted to see the Northern Lights, and um, mm-hmm. I looked like, where can you see the Northern Lights? And they were like, all of these places, uh, many of which are extremely freezing, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a it's a wintertime activity. You you can start right. seeing them in in September, and you stop seeing them in April. So you know you go to the wilds of can of Canada at that time of year, and you're going to freeze your balls off. Uh, same thing with Scandinavian countries, and people were and so when I was reading, they were like. September in Iceland, it's kind of rainy. You kind of get all four seasons in one day, but the weather's mm-hmm. pretty cool, mild, and it's yeah. a pretty easy place to go to. And you know, everybody speaks English and whatnot. And I was like, "All right, cool." So, uh, so we're going there. But my big concern now is that we're going to end up getting COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the way, on the way there, on the way back. Yeah, I know um, we. We kind of talked about it Wednesday, man, but yeah, yeah, just mask up and all that shit. Cause it's, I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's definitely back where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't, you know, because they're not really, really reporting numbers like they were. I, I don't, I have no idea. I, as far as the news is concerned, um, they're not really saying anything here about it, but you know, right. I don't know if they would because our governor is such a fucking dipshit. He, I could see him being like, nah, we're not telling anybody about that shit. So right. who knows? But, uh, oh, that sucks, man. Well, hopefully you'll, you'll feel better soon. Um, all right, well then let's kind of get right into it, and uh, and that way you can uh, you can convalesce under your blankie. Um, all right, so, <laughs> so so we have a kind of a, an embarrassment of riches have have hit uh, video on demand uh, in the past few weeks. Um, uh, the one that I'm probably the most excited to talk about, which if you had told me this at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, and that is um, the Meg 2. So if you remember when we talked about the Meg originally, and I need to go back and watch it because I can't remember why. I was not a fan uh, of, mm-hmm. of the movie initially. Um, it just wasn't my thing. It didn't connect with me. Um, I don't. I don't know why. It's 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 a shark movie and a dinosaur movie all in one. You would think that yeah. would be be Kaiju shark man. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah. I just I didn't as much. And again, I I, I can't say why. So I had very very low expectations heading into this movie, um, 
especially given how much and I know you don't watch trailers, so this was again one of the no. the situations where they really did kind of give away a bunch um in the mm. trailers. But um, you know, I was like, well, you know, it, it, Jason Statham riding a fucking jet ski with an explosive harpoon <laughs> or being chased up a dock and then appearing appearing to stop getting eaten by just like kicking a shark in the in the face i was right. like i you know this right. seems like the right amount of ridiculousness so yeah. i you know the, the the thing about this movie that um was interesting is that they 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 they, they really did just kind of like went yeah, it's it's a giant shark movie. Let's just have it be that. Let's let's have it be yeah. that you know our our crew of plucky undersea adventurers are yet again going to be yeah. beset by giant sharks. You yeah, know, obviously like we're gonna let these sharks run rampant across uh, a, a a water community and let's mm-hmm. just have fun with it and my god i had such a blast with this movie i laughed yeah. out loud so many times that my <laughs> wife was like what are you watching and i was like meg too and she's like what's so funny and i was like this shark eating All of people it. is fucking hilarious <laughs> there is a scene in this movie that I think in any other movie they would go like and Ben Wheatley directed this film. The last movie I yeah. watched Ben Wheatley was In the Earth was this very like slow meditative kind of yes. pseudo horror movie filmed during COVID about you know this researcher that goes to find this other researcher and slowly is getting consumed by a forest like it was this very I, it didn't hit for me. I know you enjoyed it. It's very moody. It's very methodical. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge Ben Wheatley guy. So. And this movie is the exact opposite of that. It's almost yep. like in it's every way. Like, yeah. it, it's like it, it's like he. And I'm not saying this is what happened at all. So just don't get me wrong. But it's like it's like in the earth was a long uh, relationship, and when it was over. He had to get through some shit. So he just found the trashiest person he could find, and he fucked the shit out of them for a weekend. And that's what the Meg 2 is. It's just like, let me, let me get all that highfalutin shit out of my system. Like, it's all jalapeno poppers and fucking WWE for like a week. I'm just going to get it all out. And it was fucking glorious. It was amazing. Yeah. So, and and I kind of something I was thinking about as because I, you know, I, like I said, I've been a Ben Wheatley fan since I saw Kill List. I, I love all of his movies um, to some extent or another. You know, they're all obviously nobody hits a home run every single time unless you're right. like Tarant Tarantino. But um, this this is kind of the thing where I w- obviously I, I was a big fan of the first Meg, and and I was very excited when they announced that he was doing the sequel. And then, you know, it's just another Meg movie. And mm-hmm. you, I, I kind of – I get why he would take the job because, like, this is – you know, it's the yeah. same thing with, with Adam Wingard getting to do a Godzilla. Why wouldn't you? You get, to exactly. play, well, you get to play with these toys? Yes. But I also feel like with these big studio things, you lose some of the – Sure. What, what makes it a Ben Wheatley movie, what makes it an Adam Wingard. And I, I went – the thing I kept going back to was that Kevin Smith – thing that we went to that stand-up thing that he did mm-hmm. and he was talking about directing the flash yeah and he was like he's like 
Yeah, everybody there already knew what they were doing. I right. didn't do it. I, you know, it's like they were just showing up to work, and I'm I'm just the guy they had come in, and they're like, he's like, I just left. And went and got burgers for everybody, and that's how he became known as the guy who brings the burgers when he makes right. the episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this was very much like that for me. I mean, there's nothing really where I was like, "Oh, that was a Ben Whitley thing," with the exception of possibly the POV shot. The POV which I shot thought was incredible was one of the greatest things that I have seen in a movie this summer. And yeah. and and I'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. It's a simple thing. But it makes the movie, and I don't know if other filmmakers would do it, because it seems very cheesy, but mm-hmm. it also is hilarious. Because, I mean, keep in mind, Jaws the, Jaws was huge, but Jaws still could only fit maybe one person in in his mouth or her mouth. I don't know if we ever know what the gender of Jaws was um, at a time. Yeah, I don't either. This is a Meg. It's huge. It's a giant prehistoric shark. So there is a POV shot of within the shark's throat, looking out as its just mouth is open, just swimming the way that a blue whale would swim through a cloud of krill and just filter them all in its gaping maw. Just <laughs> chop, chop, like full Pac-Manning, yes. like a dozen people at a time. I laughed so hard yeah. and and i feel like you were supposed to like i feel oh, like absolutely. this was not where they were trying to be serious like this movie has such a great sense of humor and i feel like the sense of humor it either hits for you or it doesn't and if it doesn't i could see this movie just being torture but you know there were so many moments for me where where it 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 just it didn't take itself seriously it it knew exactly what it was doing um yeah. and it was just it was just fun um it was the perfect summer it tur- it like you like you said it starts off as a shark movie it ends up as a monster movie and that's fucking mm-hmm. great because, but you do have to completely put logic aside because there's oh, some other there's some other monsters that kind of show up and you're like, wait a minute, why would they have been down in the trench? Right, and right, swum all the way up. But you're at the same time like, uh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's more monsters. It's more <laughs> monsters, right? And and you know, and it even you know, I mean, it it kind of like, um. You know, like like the, you know, there, there's a scene where you know our heroes are are being uh, you know held at gunpoint by the enemy soldiers, and and the and the one um, the one scientist slash uh, Jing played by Jing Wu, industrialist. He's like held his hands up, and he's like speaking Chinese, and they show the subtitles, and he's like, "You don't understand what I'm saying, and I'm only speaking Chinese yes. to distract you." And the guys are. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was just like and even like like DJ I think that you know Paige Kennedy did a great job because it was very like this is a guy who the first movie scared the shit out of him and now he's like prepared and 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 I think in the wrong hands that character would have been extremely grating and annoying but this but but you know Paige Kennedy played it perfectly with that just that right level uh, of humor um and you know, of course, Jason Statham. You know, I mean, he's he's uh, he, he's he's you know that guy is a workhorse. He just he, he just puts out good movies. Like, yeah. um, and uh, and it was so much fun. Uh, and and there's, <laughs> and I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's a scene. So there's a uh, th- this whole 
this whole movie is kind of uh, kicked off by by our 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 crew is going down in the trench to basically do research. And while they're there, they find a rival research team that's essentially mining rare earth metals. Mm-hmm. And um, and this one guy, uh, Montez, uh, played by Sergio Paris Manchada, he um, he was like, oh, shit, we can't have anybody finding us here. So he blows the explosives on his own guys. And that causes like the resulting explosion causes like a breach in the kind of the thermal layer that that prevents the megs in the trench and the other things in the trench kind of from going up. And so that's what then kind of causes things to go out. So he's kind of like, he's not the main villain. He's like the main villain's hench person in this yeah. film. And the way that the final battle between him and Jason Statham and the way that, you know, spoiler alert, Jason Statham wins, uh, is one of my <laughs> best scenes from this summer. Like, it was such a satisfying uh, <laughs> moment. And and that's, that's yeah. just kind of what the movie is. It's just... It's fun. It's just it's fun. There's there's plenty of jokes. They most of them land. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, and and the um, you know the 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 creature work, the shark work is done well, even though it's you know it's all CG. But um, you know, but 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 it just kind of like hit in a way for me that the the original one didn't. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm glad you liked. It. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I just like I said, I you know the. You know, I love the first one. The kids love the first one. So I, I watched it a lot. You know, when we got the Blu-ray, and mm-hmm. and I mean, this essentially is is just it's kind of more of the same thing, but cranked up to eleven. So, right. I'd be I mean, interested I, to hear if you revisit it, what you think. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you a hundred percent that like there's nothing about this movie that like I was surprised when I saw that Ben Wheatley directed. I was like, wait, no shit. Like, and I don't, and I, and you know. Anytime you have a large, like, even, even, you know, the MCU, right? Like, I mean, they make a big deal about how they're bringing in, like, okay, so they bring in Chloe Zhao, who's an amazing director, just, like, wields light in a frame like a fucking wizard, right? And then they, Mm. they still make a huge CGI fest to go in front of this beautiful sun-dappled frame. Okay, Mm. well... Who cares at that point, right? Like, so like the MCU, they make a big point of saying how they're bringing in all these different directors with all these different visions, and and to some degree, they allow those directors to play in that space with their vision, but but really, only so far as how well that vision lines up. Like Sam Raimi is a great fit for yeah. That uh, was that was another example actually. I thought about yeah because they're they're. One, he's done superhero movies, but two, you're going to make a multiverse of madness where you're talking about undead Stephen right. Strange's. You get the guy who did Evil Dead, right? Like he's right. plus he's played in that kind of PG thirteen space, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, like Drag Me to Hell and whatnot. So he kind of knows how to. Even the the tentacle scene in Spider Man Two, which, for the record, when that happened, Lynn and I saw Spider Man Two in the theater. I was laughing my ass off, and she had to actually kick like hit me in the ribs because I was <laughs> like, "That's from Evil Dead!" Like, but yeah. I was the only one laughing at doctors getting murdered by cybernetic yes. tentacles. But whatever. Right. Right. So when they have when the MCU has a director that their vision doesn't, I mean, they still sand a lot of those edges off, right? Mm-hmm. And so. They probably could have gotten anyone to do this movie. I'm glad they got Ben Wheatley to do it because if this allows him to make more of the type of things 
that are less studio friendly, for lack of a better yes. word, then yep. more power to it. You know, yep. do an indie, do a fucking greatest hit, sit in the chair where they're just like, this is where the shark comes. And he's like, yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like, like pulling Elijah Wood, man. Like, you know, yeah. use the popularity or the money or whatever, the exposure from this to make more of your weird shit that you really want to make. make more of those. The, what was this, uh, <laughs> come to daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> If the, if the Lord of the Rings somehow like gave us Come to Daddy, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate those movies. It's funny because Sean uh, going to Dragon Con, he was saying how you know expensive it was to get you know um, autographed pictures with the the you know like the Andy Circus was there and Elijah Wood and all. And I was like, oh, yeah. he was like, hey, I'm not doing that. And I should and I wanted to say like, tell him you've seen Come to Daddy. He'll probably give you yeah. one free because I was about like to say it. five people <laughs> in the world. I've seen that movie. He'll hold he'll hold his line up for an hour to talk to you about <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the other one he was in? Um it's not I don't feel at home. Was it that one? Oh, he was so good in that movie. Okay. I don't okay. Feel at home in this, in this world, world anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You tell him you've seen those two and he'll he'll probably talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbor with the ninja stars and chucks and shit. <laughs> But that's the point. That's like you said, right? Like that's it. Like do your do your fucking mainstream shit, and then yeah. take the money and, and bankroll your weird shit. Like yep. that. That's that's a totally valid way of doing things. Absolutely. So and and it also helps that this this movie was was fun. It was a fun yeah, watch. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So so and I, and I do need to go back and rewatch the first one. I, I kept saying I was going to do it, but then. Like fucking all these bangers dropped last week, and I was like, "Well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna not watch them in order right. to then watch, you know, the Meg a movie that uh, I didn't enjoy the first time around." But um, but I'll definitely rewatch it just so I can try and remember um, what it is about it that that you know I, I wasn't a fan of in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one. Um, is one that I've been waiting for 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 quite a long time. Um, ever since I, I saw it. this was one I had planned, you know, thought about going to see it in the theater, and I feel like it kind of like came and went relatively quickly. It did. Yeah, um, it did. But that also took a long time to come to uh, video on demand, and that is uh, the Boogeyman. Um, so um, based on you know, it's based on a story by Stephen King. Um, it's directed by um, Rob Savage, um, who had done uh, Host and Dashcam. So if you remember, during the pandemic, Host was kind of the big deal in horror circles. It was like a 62- or 70-minute movie about everybody getting on a Zoom call and then getting offed one by one. Um, and yeah, then so Dash- awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then Dashcam was a movie that we watched two Ooh. versions of. <laughs> True. <laughs> Bro, we thought we had made it when I got that when we got that email for that screener. That screener, we're like, fuck yes, dash cam. And then we're like, we're like, wait a minute, this is blowout. And then it was like, right. this is a pretty decent blowout. Like, fuck it, it's, it's better than the than the dash cam. It's we better wanted. than dash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he made the dash cam with the um, influencer that. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to hate. Um, yes. He did not make the dash cam with the guy analyzing video footage. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So, you know, the Boogeyman, to be honest, I was going to read the, the short story before I watched the movie, and then I decided not to because I wanted it's – been a, it's been a long time since I've read Night Shift. So mm. I wanted the movie to kind of be able uh, to exist on its own uh, without me kind of putting my own, um, you know, like uh, evaluation of how well it lined up with the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And – you know, I have to say it it was um an interesting watch for me insofar as first of all, just like I love how much work David um Dasmalchian is getting. Yes. Uh one of the movies we're not talking about this week, but we'll talk about soon is Last Voyage of the Demeter. He's in that one as well. Uh yep. incredible actor, just really it's it's kind of really Cool to see him getting more work. A very small role um, in this film, but it was in- incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. The thing about this movie, so so basically, um, the Boogeyman is a story of the Harper family. So um, Chris Messina plays Will Harper. He's a therapist. He's got two kids, uh, Sadie Harper. So Sadie um, is played by Sophie Thatcher. If you watch um, Yellow Jackets. Sophie yeah. Thatcher plays the young Natalie. So the, so Juliet Lewis's yeah. character in the present, um, Sophie Thatcher plays her young when they're uh, during the, the crash. Um, and then uh, Sawyer, uh, which is Sadie's younger sister. So, so this family had just recently lost their mom. And um, Sophie and Sawyer, even though their dad's a therapist, he really is not interested in kind of talking about it at all. Um, really to the detriment of his kids. Um, And so they're kind of left to navigate this grief on their own. And then one day, Lester Billings, played by David Dasmachian, comes to to Will's office and is like, hey, I need to talk to you, and tells this story. And this is kind of what the short story is based on, is this guy telling a therapist about his family getting killed by this kind of presence that – essentially takes hold in your family, kind of invited in by tragedy and then takes hold when you're not really paying attention to your kids, which is basically what we've got going on here. Um, And then it kind of goes from there. It's PG-13, so no real gore at all. A lot of jump scares, using Mm. a lot of like lighting tricks um, to show the monster or not show the monster, um, that type of thing. you know, I, I thought it was it was um, I thought it was good. Um, <clears throat> I found it most interesting as an early template to the Outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the Outsider was a book that Stephen King wrote more recently, so way later in his career, uh, mm-hmm. was made into an HBO miniseries. But the 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 monster in that movie was essentially the same type of thing. It was this thing that feeds off of tragedy and grief. Right. So would essentially like a lot of times kind of railroad someone's life and, and then kind of feed off of all of that pain and misery that came from that. So I actually found the movie more interesting just thinking about wondering if this story was kind of like a seed for that idea yeah. that would turn into The Outsider – and less interesting as a horror movie. <laughs> gotcha. It, you know, for me, um, 
I thought Host was okay. Like we talked about it, I think mm. when it was out about how it's very much a product of it's. It is a it's, slice of life, and it is yeah. interesting as a as a as a almost like a a historical film of record. But it's yes. not something you're going to watch if you're like, oh, I run a really good kind of uh, horror right. movie. Let me watch Host. And then. You know, I, I bounce pretty hard off of dash cam. I don't know anyone. Some, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, the, the you're supposed to like someone who's just completely unlikable, right? Uh, you know, I just I felt like it did. It had some interesting creature work, stuff like that. But outside of that, so this kind of this one, I think I think it's safe to say is probably, um, what the fuck's his name? Sorry, it's the fever. Oh, Rob Savage. Sa- Rob Savage. I was yeah. I was about to call him Adam Savage. I was like, that's not right. But anyway, kind of. I think it's safe to say this is his highest profile gig to, yeah, to this point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so I was very interested to see kind of, you know, how he handled that. Uh, the other part of it was it was written by Beck and Woods, who, you know, did uh, wrote Quiet Place. And mm-hmm. I was very excited hearing that they were tackling the screenplay. But then 45 happened. So I was like, ooh, yeah, maybe. I don't know how excited I should be. Cause oh, you mean 65? Was- 65 sorry yeah 65 was so fucking bad that i was just like oh i don't know how to feel about it but then <laughs> i was listening to i was listening to a podcast um rob savage was on an episode of one of the podcasts that i really like and he's talking about this movie and he's you know he said he he was offered the gig and he, he wanted it because it was a stephen king thing and he you know he's a fan and but he's like yeah, i don't know if i have anything to say and so he and it had been through so many different variations of a script at this point mm-hmm. uh but he read the one that beck and woods did and, and liked it and then the only other thing he said was he the creature had to work for he like he really wanted the creature to be cool like you know mm-hmm. whatever and so they went and got the now I, I went to look this up and i forgot but the the studio that was behind the monster and the ritual oh is really who, is who, yeah who did the creature work for this movie and for me the the monster completely like i love this movie yeah um the monster completely did it for me i thought it looked fantastic yeah the monster was 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 great it was definitely like yeah, <clears throat> I mean they, everybody in it did did a good job. I felt like you know I cared about the kids, um, you know I, I felt, you know I I was compassionate towards the dad because he's going through some really bad stuff too, and then kind of thinking about what that means, mm-hmm. like you said, as being a therapist and and knowing that you you're not doing what you should be doing, but he can't right. help it, stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, I just and then I, I mean I've seen it twice. Like I watched it twice. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I liked yeah. it that much. Yeah, I mean, and and it's one of those things where I think that you know I I will admit I am you know I'm really a hit or miss on PG thirteen horror. Hmm. Um, but this movie is less about physical violence and more about that feeling trying to put yourself in the, the the shoes of of the kids who mm-hmm. are because are because their parents are dealing with something huge their parents are not paying them attention when they're saying i keep seeing this thing i keep hearing this thing you know and so you know very similar to cobweb which we talked about in the last That's exactly show, what i was going to say when this you movie, have a kid this doing that but, so well with cobweb but whereas where that movie just went full on batshit crazy right really to its detriment um, 
this film being way more understated and keeping it much more focused that there's there's a you know the reason behind why Sawyer was seeing something why mm. Sadie started to see something um you know made made it i think a you know definitely a better film you know for me it's it's a, you know it i thought it was a, a good film i don't know i just don't know how much i'd watch it again to be honest yes. um you know it's one of those things where because it's not like the 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 sense of atmosphere and such um I mean, it's good, but it's not one of those things where you're going to kind of keep coming back to, for me anyway, over and over again when you run. Yeah. Like, I really want a good scare. Now, compare that to, like, you know, Haunt, which, you know, Beck and, you know, yeah. Be yep. Beck wrote. And I don't know if Woods wrote that one as well. Yeah, the, yeah um, that was. Yeah, that was yeah you know, yeah. like that that one I'll keep coming back to because oh, that, yeah. that thing's just a fucking gnarly banger of a horror film. Like, God, it's man, just, that, that thing is, yeah, except for that tacked on bullshit at the very end. And I yeah, wish that wasn't yeah. there, but mm. um, I wish it kind of ended right before that. But yeah. I still uh, I think it's a fantastic movie. I've seen so it. So do I. It's, so many times. Yeah, yeah, it's fan, it's great. Um, you know, and so, like again, it's. It, I don't think the Boogeyman was a bad film. It gets in, it gets out, it does its thing. It's an hour and thirty eight, and it tells a a pretty tight story. Um, and I think that you know, um, if you're if you're going into it looking for a solid, like you know, when I compare it to some of the other PG thirteen things we've seen of late, like Insidious, The Key, or mm -hmm. or the the conjuring the devil made me do it like they just seem so toothless uh yes. and just like not you know as good um you know then then you have something like megan which is pg-13 was fun as fuck um this right. i don't think didn't quite hit at the same level for me it's a totally different type of thing so yeah, it's not sure, supposed yeah. to but you know i think that you know if if hopefully this means rob savage gets more high-profile work moving forward, because I think he did a good job with the source material. Um, yeah. You know, it's just for me, when I'm thinking of horror movies that maybe I'd want to revisit, I would probably pick other ones over this one. Um, yeah, gotcha. But but it was still it was still well done. Um, and, and now I'd like to go and read the... Um, read the... the uh, well, I'll tell you, man, my, my kind of history with, <laughs> with that is when I, I used to... Uh, I, my dad was a, a big reader and mm -hmm. you know i like i think i've probably told mentioned on the show but i have several of his he used to do that you know that, like book club yeah for stephen king where they yeah. just people just they just sent you his books and you paid yep. however much money like a fee whatever yep so he 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 did that and so i have like his cujo hardcover and i got his oh, fire wow. starter hardcover stuff like that but i remember uh Night shift. He had the paperback for some reason. Me too. The one with and, the hand with all the eyes on it. Yeah, the wrapped hand, in gauze. Yeah, yeah. God, I yeah, love yeah. that cover. What a Same. great cover that was. And so I still have the the copy that was his. That I was sneaking into school and I was reading that stuff instead of what I was supposed to be reading. And I was reading the I was eighth grade English, Mister White's class, and I was reading the Boogeyman. And this was like the first time in my life I realized you could get scared by a book. Yeah. And I was so into it. And it's I mean it's like maybe 10 pages but yeah. It is I was all into it from the beginning and yeah. he caught me and he yelled my name. Scared the holy living shit out of me. Yeah. Like I threw the fucking book. <laughs> I was like scared the hell out of me because but I was that into the story and I'm like Yeah. 
so that's kind of you know part again part of the reason why you know the people involved and, and me having you know remembering the story that way and and yeah then when i heard that the the guy that created the, the ritual monster did i was like oh, i'm all in yeah yeah yeah, it's funny because I remember the I you know I've read Night Shift a bunch of times and there's a bunch of stories like the Mangler mm-hmm. and um okay so so the the they made a movie out of it with um oh, shit what's his name Gabriel Byrne mm-hmm. um where the 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 wife realizes that her husband was a serial killer was that in that book. I don't, I don't remember that one. You don't remember? Okay. All right. Hold on. Um, yeah. He, he. So, and I can't remember. You know, Stephen King has done so many. Um, Is that where, like, she found, like, the pictures or something? She found the pictures, and then at the yeah. end, she throws them down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then I don't says remember that he died. I do know what. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. Um, what? Because I mean, he's done so good many. wife or something like that. A good wife. Um, the good wife. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to I'm pretty sure it was Gabriel Byrne, but now I, I can't find it in his. Um, he was in Ghost Ship. I know that much. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, yeah. It looks like I might be thinking of somebody else. Okay. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, you know, Stevie King's done so many like short story um, compilations that I always get them mixed up which show, which uh, stories are in which ones. But, Same here. Um, yeah, but um, uh, the Boogeyman. I mean, like I said, it's it's solid. I think as as far as like some of the PG thirteen horror we've gotten this year, um, I, I'd say it's up there. You know. Um, and um, and if you're looking to get your kids into horror, I mean, it depends on obviously depends on how young because it just has to do with like seeing things in the dark and monster closets. Uh, but if you've got you know if it's 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 pretty uh, it's very it's very um, there's not like I said not a lot of gore at all. Um, actually, I don't think there is any at all. So you know, mm-hmm. might not be a bad gateway drug if you're looking to get some of the youngsters into uh, scarier things. Well, yeah, I showed it to Katie. Uh, she yeah, but Katie's it. already seen. That's true. Like, what's the hardest thing that Katie's seen at this point? I couldn't tell you, man, because I mean, that you've showed her. Yeah, honestly, I don't know for sure. Like, I, you know, I, she, she's she is not big into horror. She'll watch movies with me, but like, I've I've shown her like you know the Black Phone. She really wanted to watch that one, which mm-hmm. has surprised me that she wanted to watch it. She she jumps. Like she's very jump scary, so mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't uh, kind of actively seek some of this stuff out. Um, okay, so I can't I can't say for sure what's probably the like the you know the like I haven't shown her a Serbian film or anything. You know, well, like, <laughs> God, I like, hope not. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's a good marriage. It's Anthony Lapaglia. Okay, that is not. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Anthony Lapaglia is not Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it was it was a novella, and it was in full dark, no stars from two thousand. Oh, okay. I have that book. I haven't read it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually reading the ritual right now. That's I'm almost done with it. Yeah, full oh. dark, no stars has nineteen twenty two. So I mean, if you've and you've seen nineteen twenty, I have seen that. It was so fucking good. Love that movie. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Big Driver, Fair Extension, and and a, and a Good Marriage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll need to get to it then because I'd really like to read 1922. Yep. 
apparently they made a, a TV movie out of Big Driver. Huh. Huh. I didn't know that. Huh. Anyway. Okay. I could go down a fucking rabbit hole of Stephen King. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my God. Get me on t- the I will cast. say this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when the last time you revisited the ritual was, but since I'm, I'm almost done with the book, uh, and uh, Goose is over here um, this weekend, and she hadn't seen it in a while, and I was talking about it. She's I like, we should thought watch. about rewatching it. I did, and I'll tell you, don't read the book first. Um, oh, really? Yeah, man. So I, I had read that kind of the movie ends about halfway through the book, and it does. Um, it's still it was still good. I still really enjoyed it, but having having spent I don't know however long the fucking the audio book is or whatever, there's like nine and a half hours with these people at this point. Mm-hmm. The characterization is way off. Really? Some of the yeah. In in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like the hutch the hutch in the movie is he acts more like Luke than the Luke in the movie does. Like, from the book, like, okay. Hutch is, like, the level-headed one, and, like, he's the one who knows, you know, the map, and he's the outdoorsy one who talks them all into going and stuff, and all that all that stuff with the their friend getting killed in the liquor store, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Luke won't help him. That's completely the movie. That's not even in the book. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so, uh, it's just, that's the only thing I would say. Like, I liked the movie more before, I, I guess, I knew the character's as well as I feel like I know them now. Okay. Uh, interesting. Still a fantastic movie, but the, but the reason I brought it up was, I, I don't remember the last time, or like I said, I don't know when you saw it last, but I thought, I remembered I mean, the when creature we watched was it like, the show. Oh, okay. So, in my memory, the creature was like, enormous. Yeah. And it's not that big. Really? Because in the book, it's not it's not that big either. It's not huge. And I was like, well, that's weird because it's so much cooler in the movie because how big it is. Stuff. Yeah, it's really not that big. It's huh. So I was that's, like, huh. That's the name of my sex tape. Right. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't not. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> On that note. Uh, <laughs> So games, woohoo! Look, uh-huh. I'm just saying, I'm a I'm a grower, I'm not a shower. It's just it's just how it is. Some of us are, you know, we we all have our talents, and I look like I'm always cold, but it's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> um, oh, my head hurts too bad. <laughs> so you're playing Armored Core, and I got to yes, give a shout sir. out to Jace. Who single-handed me convinced me single-handedly convinced me to not play Armored Core? <laughs> yeah, um, I was kind of hoping maybe, even though it was a FromSoft game, it would be like a Souls game. But then I was reading more about it, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, I'm good. So, uh, are you finding it as difficult as oh, the God, internet no. seems to, or because you've played them? Oh, you kind of yeah. Know I knew I knew what, what I was getting into. Was. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I say that. I, I certainly think the ones that I played previous, I haven't played them all for whatever reason. I fell off of them in the, during like the 360 era, and now I'm trying to fucking track those down. Mm-hmm. Um, I played them through, you know, PS One. Uh, I think there's three of them on the PS One, or maybe there's 
just two. I can't remember. But in actual for the actual numbered sequels, I remember Armored Core Two was early on for the PS2, and I played it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, um, I got I was worried about it because you know it's from, and I'm like, oh shit, because you know I tried Bloodborne, and yeah, I put ten hours into Bloodborne, and I think I made thirty minutes worth of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't get past the first boss. Half the time I couldn't even get to the motherfucker, but I never beat him. Um, and I, you know, I tried Dark Souls the first one, didn't like it. That's also not my bag, the dragons and shit. And I thought if I'm going to get into one of these, you know, it's going to be Bloodborne with the gothic horror and you know the mm-hmm. monsters instead of dragons and stuff. And I, it's, it's a gorgeous game. I'm just not good at it. I can't. I couldn't right. play it. Uh, but you know. Uh, big robots are also my bag. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a, such a nerd for that shit. And so, especially when you give me a game like like this or like Chrome Hounds or something, I get to build my own shit. Yeah. And I can like mess with the the paint job and all this stuff. And so when I was nervous and, and uh, I pre-ordered it and it was supposed to get it the Friday it came out and then it was special delivered on that Sunday. I didn't get it right away, but um, so I immediately put it in and. Um, I was like, okay, and it starts off, and I was like, all right, I, I can do this. You know, it's kind of like whatever. And then you get to that helicopter that people had people Baltaeus. like, or what? <laughs> I can't remember what they called it, but yeah, that had people like demanding refunds and shit <laughs> on day one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it was tough, man. It, it, you know, but I was like, once I realized it's this is the game teaching you how you're gonna have to play it. Yeah, you know, I was trying to like run around on the ground and hide behind the buildings and take shots when I could. And they're like, no, no rush no, to it, get under yeah, the that's missiles, not what you did. and punch yeah. it in the fucking face. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, this baby, this baby armored core that you're in, yeah. <laughs> has a shit machine gun, but a badass fucking sword on your left hand, moron. Use that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, it's just like, right. so. So, uh, but, but, it, you know, it, it, keeping that in mind and now that I'm, you know, you, you finally get to the point where you don't have to use that one and, and you get to start adding your, your pieces and, and you have the shop and man, it's, it's just like the armored core that I remembered and I loved back in the day. It's, it's hard as fuck. Like, don't get me wrong, but, but the way that, that you kind of always have played armored core is if you, cause you know, the first time you go into a mission, you don't know what's going to be in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you might not be able to beat it with your current setup, but that's when you go back into the lab, so to speak, and you, you know, you, you, <laughs> the pen in the lab with the pen and the pad, trying to get the yeah. table off. <laughs> yeah, like you, you know, you start. Maybe shotguns are better for this. Maybe I need right. rockets for this. Maybe, right. maybe this requires a faster mech. Maybe I want to be the one with the tank treads for legs and shit, so I can take a fuck ton of damage. Right. And so it's just like experimenting with builds, and and it's such a. For as much as like something like Forza or Gran Turismo is is a car simulator, you know, or racing simulator, this is very much a giant robot simulator. You right. have to, you know, you have energy output. You have to worry about. You have to worry about weight. You have to worry mm-hmm. about. You know, all this kind of stuff like that. But I mean, I'm in love with it. I've, I've been That's playing awesome. it all week. Um, and I, I, I'm obviously I know it's going to get harder, but I've I've gotten through some things that you know i think people are finding particularly difficult and i'm just having a fucking ball doing it so that's great yeah and i mean and that's the thing it's like you know i think that i i i I think it's interesting what you said that you know we forget sometimes that 
they're you know the the FromSoft games, they are difficult. Yes, but a lot of times I think what they're difficult. The reason that people find them difficult is because they want that the player wants to play it a certain way, mm-hmm. and FromSoft is telling you no, that's not how this game is played. Mm-hmm. And and so if you if you want to get further in this game or or have a chance, you've got to play it the way we've designed it to be played. And there's there's leeway within that. You know, I mean like like Elden Ring is a perfect example mm-hmm. where you know, there's such a variety of builds that you can you can use and different skills and some some builds are great for folks that have never played an Elden Ring and, and are looking for things that are easier. And then you've got the you know the let me solo, you know her motherfucker with the bucket on yeah, his head yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. the diaper, right? Like right. like there's a, there's <laughs> right. but but still within all of that is an understanding of put away what you think, how you think this game should be played, and meet us where meet us where we are, and mm-hmm. work within that. And and yep. you'll have a better you'll have maybe you'll have a more success and and you'll be better, um, and it's just whether or not folks because that that's also because what I was reading about this game is it's about tinkering oh that didn't work mm. well let me go back let me try this yep. let me try that um, and obviously you know you you replay old missions and and yeah you get gear earn more and, money yeah. yeah yeah and. Um, and obviously, some folks that's not for them. To be honest, that's not for me. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I always kind of want to be moving forward. So the mm-hmm. idea of like, well, let me go back and grind for stuff. Um, if it's not Destiny, because Dest- I really only have time and headspace for one kind of grind focus game at a time, and yeah. then that's that's Destiny. Um, but if you if you look at it as less of a you know, it's it's an action game like you know, like a Vanquish or something where it's just moving you from from set piece to set piece, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and you look at it more of uh, no man, you got to figure out what works, and if you don't have what works, then you go fucking hit the hit the hit the streets, <laughs> right? You, yes. you you put in the work to get money. what yeah. is gonna make things work for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and I have a lot of respect for FromSoft because they 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 definitely they they make the games that they want to make, yep. um, and they and and they have great success with that. What I love them to make games that were more accessible to 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 filthy casuals like myself, sure, but mm. it doesn't have. I also don't feel like. They have to because I've got stuff to play, and you know they've they've got something that's working for them. So you know more power to them. I honestly would rather they they continue to make things that they're passionate about and that works for them, and that helps absolutely their reputation than you know, something that I can play. Yeah, I mean we that's how we get games like Bloodborne and Sekiro and all these these yeah. things are they're they're incredible and. Yeah. and Sekiro is another one that I got really excited for because I think From did Tenchu back in the day too, and I got really into that series, and it was hard as shit. Yeah, you know, but it it was basically Ninja Simulator, like. Right. <laughs> so, and but I played the shit out of them, and I was good at them back then. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, especially the first one. I, I I went through that game so many times, 
I went through every level undetected, all that shit, killed every enemy, killed no enemies. Like, I played the fuck out of the first Tenchu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I was pretty hyped for Sekiro. And fuck, man, I couldn't do it. <laughs> that game is rough, for sure. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. It's just like when I played, what's it, Woe Long or whatever that was on the Game oh, Pass. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. yeah, nah, thank appreciate you uh, making it so I didn't have to fuck with getting a game from Gamefly to return it the same day. <laughs> Nothing quite like the shame of of there being 55 minutes between when you open the envelope and reseal it. <laughs> <laughs> when's when's the last time the mailman does pick up because i could get this back out today <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly um all right well i was playing a game that i was actively pissed at most of the time which is not a great way to spend your time so i played immortals of avium so i knew that there's there's a few games kind of coming out this fall one of which was atlas fallen which i've already spoken about the other one was Immortals of Avium, um, which was uh, like it's an EA uh, Originals, um, and uh, it's developed by uh, oh shit, who does it? Um, let's see, it's like Ascendant Games, I want to say. Um, but anyway, um, it it is a um, it's like. God, how do I describe it? Uh, it's bad. That's what it is. <laughs> so, so it, it, Immortals of, of Avium is a first-person shooter. It's Call of Duty, but magic instead of guns. And it is set in this world, Avium, uh, in which there is a war called the Ever War. Um, and, and I want to preface this uh, next bit by saying that I'm not a huge fan of talking about games just to shit on them. Um, I, I I really don't feel like that is something our show likes to do, wants to do. No, um, you know, we, we try to keep things honest but positive. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times where we, Mitch and I, you know, you and I have said, well, I don't want to talk about this movie because it's fucking terrible, right? Like, like, it's not worth it to me to just spend 15 minutes shitting on something. And even if it deserves it, because like when you could instead say, Hey, this thing over here was actually good. Like I'd rather lift something up and, and, and give a spotlight to something that's really good than spend a bunch of time as as much fun or as easy as it is just to be like, Oh, this thing sucks. Um, But like how many times have we said, nobody sets out to make something terrible, you know? Right. Exactly. But Immortals of Avium, you know, for me, what's so interesting about it is, you know, Electronic Arts, they basically, they've got some good, like, kind of indie stuff, but the majority of their mainstream stuff is all, like, sports stuff. Or, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's Need for Speed is EA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, franchise stuff. So, like, here they have, like... But, like, like I believe um, Drawn to Life... Or, not Drawn to Life... Um, uh, well, they did that one, the yarn game that was supposed to be Oh, good. yeah. But, um... Fuck. Unraveled? Uh, yeah, Unraveled. But there was a game on Game Pass that I played, and it was, um, you know, where everything was about, like, dice rolls, and, and one I had a, it had a, a, a visual style very similar to... Um, oh, I remember you talking about that game. I don't remember yeah, the name of it. Yeah. Very, very similar to Psychonauts, 
yeah, I yeah, played, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and that that I believe um, was an EA original. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't remember the name of it. Um, but um, you know, so but this was like a huge. This was like kind of their, you know, like the like like I f- you feel like they're 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 trying to you know make this um like like a franchise type of thing um and and basically um what it is is lost and random that was the name of the um oh yeah 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 you know so so there's this you you play as this guy named jacks or jack whatever and um he is like you know he's like a He's somebody who could wield magic, but was like not trained to wield magic. He just like spontaneously could wield magic. Um, and there's this thing called the Ever War, where it's like you know, there's this bad guy named Sandrak, and he's trying to do bad shit with magic. And there are these people called the Immortals. They're trying to do good magic, whatever, good shit with magic. And this guy just like fucking randomly becomes a soldier, and it's just like the thing about this game. I, I was all I, like, there was. So they split the magic up into three different things. There's red magic. Because, of course, your character, it's very rare for someone to be able to wield three types of magic. Most people, you're a red magic user or a blue Mm. magic. Of course, you know, you can do all three. Red magic is like shotgun, grenade launcher. Blue magic is like scout rifle, uh, sniper rifle. Green Mm. magic, you know, minigun. Um machine gun, you know, whatever. And you wear these things on your wrist. They're called sigils. They're these giant metal contraptions that if you had to wipe your ass, if you if 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 Taco Tuesday popped off and it was Regret Wednesday and you were wearing this sigil, you would disembowel yourself in, in terms of how much metal is curved off of your arm and you're wearing this weird polio brace on your forearm (laughs) shooting magic blasts and this feels like a game that they should have cut stuff out of because they ended up doubling up controls which to me is a huge no-no yeah the reason being that i had such a hard time with the controls of this game, and maybe it's because I'm just old and slow. But like a perfect example is so and 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 I come I'm old school, right? Like I, mm. like you talk to me about first person magic shooters, and I'm like, oh, you mean Hexen? And they're right. like you're like, no. And I'm like, oh, you mean undying, which to this day is the best first-person shooter combining guns and magic that was ever made. Also, one of the best horror games, in my mind, is Clive Barker's Undying. That Mm. shit was amazing. Gun in one hand, spell in another, fuck yes. My point (laughs) is, so in this game, perfect example, you've got right hand is your your big metal brace, your polio brace, so you're shooting out all your shit. Uh, You could also do special attacks, and then your left hand is totems and a totem might be like oh there's like a lash that like i could pull enemies towards me or i could shoot this green gloop to slow dudes down or i could have this red beam and it'll stun guys okay if it was just that it's fine but the problem is 
you hold down square to reload your magic, your special powers to break this crystal. You also hold down square to open a chest. Oh, yeah. So if you've only used it at any given when you have your special powers, you might get six uses out of one crystal. Let's say mm-hmm. you've used it once and you're just a, a CH behind where you need to be to open a chest and you hold down square. Well, you just fucking wasted one of your reserve ammo yeah. to yep. recharge your special because you weren't close enough to open the chest. Later on, when they decide, oh, by the way, that lash that can bring enemies to you, that's now a grappling hook. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I grapple to an area, then I get in a big fight, and I forget that I'm on the lash, and <coughs> instead of me bringing that giant enemy to me, well, I just brought myself to him, and he's fucking me up. Like there's, And it's like it just feels like they should have cut stuff out but didn't. And instead, mm-hmm. they layered on controls, and I was constantly fighting him. And then, which would be fine if this wasn't one of the worst written games I have played in recent memory. So you know how, like, in the comics, Impulse was, like, raised by, you know, you know, he was raised in, like, a bubble of just, like, pop culture. You know, like, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Impulse, the guy from The Flash, or whatever the fuck's name yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart. This is like that, like written by an AI that's only ever watched shows and movies by Joss Whedon. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm. It and what's worse, and I don't expect if you're making a uh, movie or a game about magic, I don't expect weird, you know, Game of Thrones talk and and weird, you know, fucking old English or. Arthurian knight type of speak. But I also right. I, I don't expect a character to say, calm your tits. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I don't expect you to say, oh, that guy rabbited. Right. When they don't have rabbits. <laughs> like, right. rabbits right. don't exist right. in this world. <laughs> so, how, you know what I mean? Like, like you're just, yeah. or like, you are taking... Very poorly written 21st, 20th century pop culture speak and applying it to people who live in a magical realm. And there is no way they would have followed the same evolutionary track to come up with calm your tits. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then... You know, and I could get past all of that if I could figure out what the fuck this game was trying to say. Because it's the same young white dude savior bullshit where, like, even though this guy doesn't know enough to find his ass from his elbow with two hands and a flashlight, (laughs) he somehow is the savior and he's making... Terrible decisions, yet everyone's like, great to have you back. It's like how when you would watch The Flash, the TV show, and 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 The Flash on the TV show was the worst superhero ever, repeatedly made terrible decisions that altered the lives of everyone around him, and everybody's like, run, Barry. It's like, no, Barry, sit the fuck down. All you do is fuck shit up. <laughs> right. And so you've got that. And then the over... 
overarching message I could tell that this game was trying to deliver was war. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> because there were so many times when someone would be talking about some horrible thing that was done in this war and the main character would go, well, you were at war. Like, no, that is not, that's, like, can you imagine, like, there's a reason The Hague exists. There's a reason there's a term <laughs> called war crimes. It's because some things are so bad, you can't use war as an excuse to justify them. There's an, uh, there's, and they're not unwritten rules. They're written down. Don't target civilians. Don't, right. like, like, you, like, all shit like that. And in this game, it would be like, oh, he, this bad shit happened, and they'd go. He'd go. Well, you were at war. Never mind the fact that your main enemy in this game is on the other side of the war, also doing bad shit, and nobody's like, well, he is at war. Like, <laughs> right? You know. And then, and then they they also like made a point to say how your main character he's like. You know, for lack of a better word, he's like a wild mage. He wasn't, and then there's this character, this this character that is totally shitty and bigoted towards you. And then you're like, "Why are you shitty and bigoted towards me?" And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, where I live, the wild mage went went nutso and burned the whole place down." And your character's like, "All right, I get it." No, like that's, <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, did one person do something that, by the way, wasn't even their fault, and you are now judging an entire race of people based on their <laughs> actions? Spoiler alert: that's racism. <laughs> like you can't just excuse it and be like, well, I see you got a good point. Yeah, all right. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I feel like this game, thankfully. The Venn diagram of people who play Call of Duty and people who play Immortals of Avium is like a slice, barely, like I can't. It's the thinnest slice imaginable. Yes. Like right. there's just no crossover there because I feel right. like this game has more of a "Hey, war, woo," you know, <laughs> message right. than like like I I feel like Call of Duty puts you in these terrible scenarios. On purpose, it's supposed to, like like yeah, you do them, but you're supposed to stop and go. Well, that was kind of fucked up. Like and, yes. and maybe think for a second, or is this game is just like hey, hey. Well, all right. <laughs> it's like oh my god. And what I found when I was playing this game, I very stubbornly put it on normal and kept. Like having to redo battles because of how hard I was having a time with the controls. And then what I realized was like, why are you doing this? Like, who cares? There's different trophies for the difficulty levels. You're not going to go back and play this on the highest difficulty level. You're not going to go find all these chests. You're not going to do all these things. You're being stubborn for no reason. What I felt like I was trying to do was win an argument with someone I hated just to prove to them a point that I wasn't going to prove and why did it matter? Because I didn't like this person. So why would I care what they feel about me? Right. So I finally lowered the difficulty just to get through it. And I finished it last night and I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, I haven't spent this much time with the game. I didn't like in a very long time. And a smarter person would have just been like, this isn't for me, but I wanted to see how it ended. 
Yeah. And it ended poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I jumped into Destiny 2 uh, to do a altar of summoning with someone who is bound and determined to waste as many robust offerings... <laughs> <laughs> as possible if i wanted to call this person on the phone and say we are not up to this task please right. make a feeble offering so we can yes. go to bed <laughs> yep yep that is exactly my experience with the halter to summoning so like far you are asking us to single-handedly win vietnam and yes. that guy is running in circles. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, please stop doing this. <laughs> like, I can't move five feet without dying because of all the enemy fire. I don't know where that guy's going. I think he's eating Doritos. <laughs> like, please stop making robust offerings until you can get in a fire team that knows what they're doing. <laughs> I'm just here for the bounties. <laughs> like <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. So Immortals of Avium, like and, and here's the thing. Like I was playing Immortals of Avium at the same time that I heard of all the layoffs at Bioware and and how like they're trying to be leaner and, and all I could think of was God help those poor people, but also the next Dragon Age game is gonna be shit. Because yep. if this is even the inventory screen, because despite having two functioning hands, they put all of your inventory on one hand and they made this poor guy, because they did the face capture, do the douchiest. <laughs> like he would hold his arm up and tilt his hips in this weird, like. Like, I got to get a selfie of the right angle, like, to show all his inventory. He, just based on the inventory screen alone, you wanted to punch him. Um, right. And I was like, even, like, that's how you know things are. But did no one, like, sh like look at this inventory screen and be like, I fucking hate this guy. Am I supposed to hate this guy? Is this the bad guy? <laughs> and they're like, no, that's who you are for 30 hours. And you're like, fuck that. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Like, like, do you have a game I can play as Henry Kissinger? Because I'd rather be him. Like, <laughs> noted war criminal Henry Kissinger. Could I please play as him? Because this guy looks like a cunt. Like, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, I, but I played it, so I guess I'm the asshole, you know. <laughs> so, maybe don't play it. Like, like I know, like you might be tempted and see it for ten dollars, and hopefully this will spark something, and you'll be like, "Oh, oh wait, <laughs> no." <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. That one's a. Uh, I actually saw an ad for it. Um, but they get like TV spots for that shit. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw my because my yeah at my parents' house they still have cable, and I was watching something a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I can't. The fact that there were video game commercials is so alien to me at this I point because I've hadn't had cable for so long that I forget that ever was a thing. Yeah. But seeing that for a new game and it happened and I was like, oh, shit, that's the one Brandon doesn't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's yeah, bad. It like it. It reminded me of that. What was that game that Xbox was so big on? Too Human or whatever. Mm -hmm. That it ended up being so bad. Yeah. The game, the game that destroyed that studio. The name yeah. I can't even remember of it. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Dyack lost his entire professional reputation on Two Human. Imagine going out on Two Human. 
<laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So don't play it. So now I've got all, you know, I'm just kind of whatever. I'll do Destiny in the next couple of days. I'll, I'll roll up a Starfield character before I leave on my trip, but I'm not going to get too much into it because there's just not enough time. And and then I'll, I'll be playing that, um, you know, basically when I get back and, and kind of coasting with that until uh, the shit that, that hits in October hits. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So if you see Immortals and you're like, well, that's cool. It's Magic Call of Duty. Yeah, just pass. <laughs> just pass. Um, all right. So, so briefly, uh, some clerical work. Uh, we're kind of... Uh, so like I said, I'm, I'm going away next week um, or two weeks, uh, but um, we might push the show, the next show out. It might be on Monday. It might be three weeks from now. It'll all kind of depend on uh, when I get back, um, you know, how uh, how things went and what um, where I am and, and all that good stuff. But regardless, whether it's two weeks, three weeks. Uh, hopefully you'll be here with us. We'll certainly have plenty to talk about. Um, so for myself and Mitch, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been episode 181. Mitch, I hope you feel better soon. I hope you can uh, climb you, into your cocoon of, of safety and uh, uh, recover some hit points. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next few weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night. And have